The following is a community recording of the decentralized storyline for the Web3 game Planet Quest. For more information, please visit planetquest.io. Bonus story, Paradisia. Sometime after the 29th conference of the Universal Council. The second sun was going down on the Viridus, the highest mountain range on Eden Lycanus, as it passed by Sculpey, the lowest peak. Its rays cut across the sky and framed the valley below in a shimmering display of fire and warmth. Its angle is slightly off. From the branches of the poplars below came a sound that would have carried even the most agitated, sorrowful person into a state of utter solemnity. Even so, it grates ever so slightly upon the ear. It is almost pleasant, but not completely. Above, Imperial frigates traced faint lines across that breathtaking tableau, an almost imperceptible imperfection. So this is what it looks like when the Imperial house falls to ruin, thought Ivana Crane, brushing the faintest layer of dust off the balustrade of the 11th observation platform. She'd been on the Eden House of Lycanus for several days now, and pulled away from the fighting of Kaim for a ceremonial purpose. As the one who had captured the bastard Montez, House Lycanus wished to honor her. Ivana scowled. Captured, certainly. But they let the bastard escape. Now you'll never know. She strangled the thought before it could end and continued tracing her hand along the platform's glass. Eyes ahead, Ivana. She repeated the mantra a few times as the sun dipped lower calming herself by charting the stars as they appeared amid the purple sky. At times, her mind slipped ever so slightly, and the sharp metal casing for her astra, which sat comfortably around her index finger, cut into the metal glass as if it was butter, leaving a thin line on the otherwise immaculate surface. She looked at the carving, cast her mind back to the cold steel of the tempest, to the thin wisps of smoke covering the landing bay on Station Ignis, and to her mother's hushed tones as she relayed the Imperator's plans for House Lycanus. Soon all of this will be gone. She echoed the thought over and over as her finger cut yet another deep groove into the transparent surface, and she felt it brush against her knuckle. A material like glass was easily damaged, of course, but within the noble house of the Empire, using it was a statement. It showed others that you could afford to replace it. Every single Eden had glass installed for its observation platforms. Some even used it in the dining halls and ballrooms. As the sky on Eden Lycanus turned to deep purple and the stars came out in full force, Ivana surveyed the city below. With its roads filigreed with gold and spires that reached the endless upwards. In particular, her eyes sought out the Abigails and manservants scuttling about below. It was soothing to some extent. To bear witness to their futile struggle, and they were incredibly easy to spot. Those carrying the blood of House Lycanus were tall, lean, dark-skinned, therefore their servants needed to be short, dumpy, pale, often with several blemishes. Ivana smiled. It was such methods of simple opposition that made life on the Empire both possible and comfortable. She had faced both Union and Federation fleets in skirmishes or full-fledged assaults and and while the Union were fast and fearless, and the Federation were adaptable and enterprising, both their commands were almost always doomed to fall apart. It took them too long to get anything done. 
Ivana, on the other hand, needed only to raise a finger, to utter a single word, and the entirety of the Third Fleet would move as one. On an Eden, it was just as simple. The boundary of servant and master was immediate and explicit. Ivana now stood above a veritable colonies of servants, examining the way they hunched their backs, their knees buckling under a gravitational constant their bodies were ill-fitted to. Their calmness somewhat surprised her, a far cry from the ruckus populace she had been curtailing a few days ago on Kime. Paradisia Suddenly, Ivana felt her vision get blurry. By the oracle, not again. She reached into her robes, leaving one hand on the glass, and pulled out a light golden disc, pressing it to her open mouth. Cool air rushed in, whistling past her teeth, and she inhaled until she felt her body relax, then pulled the disc back out. The air on Eden-like Canis did not agree with her, for in Eden, in the interim, its atmosphere contained an uncommon abundance of neon. If she had not requested an air sample from Eden Crane for this journey, a brief foray such as this into the observation wing would have been out of the question. By now, the sun had disappeared, and a few gentle lights were moving along the edges of the platform. Ivana turned her head towards the sky and felt a familiar fear catch hold of her. Once more, she reached out her hand as if trying to grab a hold of the stars and crush them into power. Looking for something, Lady Crane? At the first sound of the voice, Ivana's entire body tensed up. It was a voice that, at one point or another, had held every prominent citizen of the Empire spellbound, and most likely half of the rest of the core systems as well. Ivana felt a brief smattering of irritation for letting the woman sneak up on her. Only now did she notice the faint smile, grimly reflected off the glass wall separating both of them from the valley below. Gloria Morell, the Vermilion Diva, council member of the Empire, and current governess of Eden Lycanus, gently placed a hand on Ivana's shoulders. Ivana caught the shimmer of a Lycanus Astria out of the corner of her eye wrapped around Gloria's finger. You're out quite late. The former opera prodigy's tone was full and warm, with an edge that could cleave through bone. Ivana moved back and turned to face her watching the woman's arm carefully as it fell to her side, dangling against the ornate fabric of her blouse. As are you, Lady Morel? Gloria held a hand to her chest and scoffed in mock offense. I still happen to be working, my lady. It is a governess's duty to ensure that every chamber of Eden is secure. She motioned to the freshly cut lines which ran along the platform's glass. And I see my concerns were well-founded. What's she playing at? You know as well as I do that this house is doomed, Gloria, Ivana said, almost spitting out the name. They have caused the Emperor far too much trouble. May he outlive the stars. May he outlive the stars indeed. Is that truly so? Gloria widened her eyes in a half-hearted display of surprise. Do not play dumb with me. Ivana straddled her legs and folded her arms, feeling decidedly more in control of the situation. She smiled to herself. This was likely some vain attempt at a power play on Gloria's side. Why did you really seek me out? My word, you are direct. Gloria flashed Ivana a brilliant smile, her face settling once again into its relaxed, easy composure. She moved beside Ivana, 
parallel to the glass. It's just that I've not spoken to you at all since you arrived, Lady Crane. I feel like a terrible hostess. We spoke at the ceremony, Gloria. Ivana's tone was almost acidic. Gloria scoffed. Ah yes, all that formal nonsense. I mean, a proper conversation, my lady. It must be, what, years since we've spoken candidly? That was at you and your brother's ascension to the Third Fleet, if I recall correctly. Ivana remained silent, eyeing Gloria's expression. There must be some other motive here. Gloria's face was smooth and fair, save for a faint scar above her right eyebrow, itself slightly obscured by the crescent shape of silver blonde hair that hung above her head. Gloria's eyes, two beads of faded red, shone with a vivacity that was as inviting as it was intimidating and gave nothing away. Paradisia, Gloria leaned a hand against the glass, hanging over the platform's precipice. I wish, Lady Crane, that we could speak more candidly to each other, but you are always so distant. With good reason. Come now, really, look past your mother's prejudice. You and I are rather alike. Ivana felt her throat become slightly taut. We could not be more dissimilar, Gloria. This is bad. You think so, dear? Gloria cocked her head to one side. Both overlooked by our own houses, but succeeding despite that. Ivana bit down harshly to stifle the growing, stinging sensation in her lungs. My grandfather has never overlooked me, nor has my mother. I caution you against suggesting otherwise. Gloria paused, amusedly. Is that what you think? Watch your tongue, snake, lest you lose it. Ivana could feel her throat becoming drier by the second. I can't afford her seeing me sipping an air sample like some commoner. Doesn't she feel this? Even Morel is towards the outer rim. How is she so calm? And I suggest you watch yours, dear, lest it turn itself against you. Gloria retorted, tapping absentmindedly at the Morel Astra that hung around her neck. You should know that your grandfather does not place as much stock in you as you would think. You would call the Emperor's judgment into question? Ivana's vision was getting blurry. On the contrary, I think his judgment is excellent, Gloria said, taking a gentle step closer. But he is at times too cautious for his own good. Why else do you think he sent you after Montez? Ivana was feeling more and more lightheaded, her voice a steady monotone. Emperor Solas trusted that I would achieve victory no matter the cost. And so you would have, but that is exactly the point. Gloria's tone had risen, bringing with it a ringing in Ivana's ears. In fact, you would have attacked Montez even if the council had not backed you, is that not true? Ivana stifled a cough, but she could feel her lungs burning. Of course, I could not allow the wolves to put such a blemish on the Imperial systems. Gloria locked eyes with her, with a cold fury that drove Ivana to silence. And you would have died, Lady Crane, doing just that. The absent sincerity of those words disarmed Ivana. In an instant, she was overcome with a fit of coughing and collapsed onto the ground, sending the golden disc spinning away from her. Her lungs were burning. Her vision was swimming. Ivana, dear, are you alright? Gloria's voice came to Ivana from above, faint and distorted. All of a sudden, something solid, something circular, was pressing into her hand. 
Reflexively, Ivana pulled it to her mouth, taking a deep breath as cold air from Eden Crane filled her lungs. She stood up gingerly, stumbling a little bit, Gloria's hand on her back. I'm fine. Ivana spat, brushing the hand away and wiping the cold sweat from her brow in a single motion. Do you? She held out the disc. Oh no, I do not need it. Gloria waved the disc to the side and smiled. We House of Morel have a knack for adapting quickly. There was a Paradisia. short silence, broken only by the frigate engines in the sky above and the gentle bird songs from the valley below. A chill stole across the platforms, and Ivana shivered. Listen, Ivana. Gloria seemed almost hesitant to speak. This I heard from the mouth of the Emperor himself. The Oracle foretold your death in the event the Council did not back you. Ivana breathed in, grimacing at the persistent burning. What reason would he have for sending me, if what you say is true? Because Imperator Solus does not use the Oracle for the benefit of others, only his own. You would have died killing Montez, and his secrets would have gone with you. Anything is worth sacrificing for the good of the Empire. Ivana spoke, her voice distant and unsure, her words rehearsed. Her body was tense as she looked over Eden Lycanus. Remembering once more that day with her mother on Station Ignis, what else has she kept from me? Gloria sighed and moved closer. Our Emperor does not care for you, Ivana. You must understand this. He will never allow you to use the Oracle for personal gain as long as it goes against his interests. Consider, do you really believe it is in our Emperor's interests to return Angstrom Crane to the Empire? Before she even knew it, Ivana's hand was at Gloria's throat. The metal talon in her index finger pressed against the nape of the other woman's neck. The astrias of House Morel and Crane glinted in the lights of a passing transport ship inches apart. You dare take my brother's name in your mouth, witch? Gloria's face was as calm as an ocean. Ivana, there is no need for violence. I mean your house no harm, but I can see your suffering. It is etched in your face as plain as your carving on these walls. She placed a hand on Ivana's wrist. In any case, Ivana stuttered, her voice thick with desperation. In any case, the Emperor has the right to do as he pleases with the artifact. And if he did not? Ivana stiffened. This is treason. I should push my hand right through her throat. I should cut the stretched snake before she sinks her fangs any deeper. But somehow, she could not, and did nothing, as Gloria's words wrapped around her. There are those that think our Emperor holds on to the Oracle too tightly. It is no secret he is not the only one that hears its voice. And what does he do with this power of foresight? Sacrifice millions on the Forge world and openly contemplate the death of his own family members. Ivana felt Gloria's hand land ever so softly on her neck, pulling her closer so that the older woman's mouth was inches away from her ear. There are those who think of honor that the Oracle would be better suited in the hands of others, those who hold different values, who wish to push the Empire forward and not backward. Gloria's next words were inevitable, inescapable. Ivana breathed in. She was a girl again, fifteen, screaming, sobbing, watching a lone ship dip down below the capital's horizon. 
those who can understand the plight of a young woman who just wants her brother to come back home. Gloria simply stood back and watched as Ivana slumped, rose, and made to leave without speaking a word. Her soft, purposeful footfalls made barely any noise against the floor of the observation platform. Only when the arched double doors had slid closed did Gloria hurriedly pull out a thin silver disc, hold it against her mouth, and inhale. That had taken a little longer than expected. She stowed the disc back in her blouse and looked out across Eden Lycanus, surveying the last of the transport frigates. But at last, everything was in place. She cleared her throat. Jacob. The shadows on the platform shifted slightly, and a young man emerged. His eyes were vacant, and the Imperial uniform fitted him poorly. Is that the last of the shipments? Yes, ma'am. Then prepare my ship for Station Ignis tomorrow morning. We're one step closer to bringing you home. Thank you, ma'am. The man's voice had scanty motion, betraying little except fatigue. He turned to leave, but Gloria grabbed his arm. And tell our friends they can advance to Chismi. Ivana Crane shouldn't be a problem from there anymore. She'll want to get back to her grandfather, I wager. Certainly, ma'am. Gloria let go, and Jacob shuffled off along the passageway. She stayed on the platform for some time after, watching the last frigate pass beyond the peaks of the Viridus. The lights on the walkways in the valley below had all gone out. Gloria stood alone, suspended over pitch-black emptiness. He sits upon a throne built of sand and does not notice the foundations below him crumble. Gloria turned, waved her hand, and walked away as the 11th observation platform on Eden Lycanus was plunged into darkness. <laughs>